Welcome back to Raising Tomorrow podcast, where we get candid about the joys and struggles of motherhood and navigating raising tomorrow's generation in this crazy world. Uh, we know that motherhood can be super difficult, um, especially for new time moms facing challenges and feelings all for the first time. And we just want to remind you that you're not alone in those feelings. But today, Rachel O will be sharing her pregnancy and birth journeys. So with that, I guess we'll just dive right in. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Rachel O. So basically the first kind of challenge, I guess, that I had with pregnancy was telling my family after I found out. Uh, our pregnancy was not planned. We had been planning to start having kids within maybe two to three years, not this soon. And we actually weren't married yet. We were engaged, but not quite married. And I come from a pretty traditional background. So I was very, very nervous to tell them that I was pregnant before being married. Had yeah. anyone in your family before, like, were you the first one who had a kid before you guys were married? But in my immediate family, I was definitely the first. <laughs> and you're the baby of the family, right? So. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I am the baby and the only girl and definitely a dynamic where I feel like they all kind of feel the need to give their opinions and advice about everything mm -hmm. that I do, it can mm -hmm. be a little overwhelming at times. That was kind of another concern I had about telling them was sort of that fear that they would think that I wasn't ready, you know, think mm -hmm. that I wasn't capable of being a good mom because it, because it was unexpected and we hadn't planned for it. Definitely very nervous to tell my family. Uh, I remember just like shaking when I was like getting ready to call everybody. Aww. My parents reacted a lot better than I expected them to. Um, I think there was definitely that initial shock. You know, they were ex extremely supportive throughout my whole pregnancy and they, they love my daughter to death and would do anything for her. The other thing too, is that we had, my husband and I had just recently moved like halfway across the country from both of our families mm -hmm. and we had both just started our careers. So like I had literally been a nurse for about a month when I found out that okay. I was pregnant. And so, and my husband had been working as an engineer for, I want to say maybe like six months. So, so we were starting to get into the. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like just kind of barely starting to establish ourselves and everything. So I mm -hmm. think all those factors playing into it, I just kind of knew that people were going to be like, oh, how is she going to like navigate this? <laughs> like being first-time parents and being so far away from both of our families yeah. and not having that help. You know, like I said, everyone was very supportive and everything, but just kind of that initial shock was, was a little stressful to deal with. My, my second biggest challenge uh, was being a brand new nurse while being pregnant for the first time. I actually went to nursing school during COVID. Like our clinical time in the hospital oh, wow. was cut down. Yeah, mm -hmm. quite a bit. Okay. So we didn't have a whole lot of actual patient practice. Yeah, the majority of our skills were practice on mannequins, which is obviously so much different than yeah. <laughs> an actual person. And and all of our professors and instructors, they all kind of warned us that, yeah, there's going to be a pretty big learning curve once you guys graduate and, and mm -hmm. get out there because you haven't had the time that most students have in the hospital. Being a new nurse is just really hard because working conditions for nurses are not great. They just mm -hmm. kind of run you ragged. You're just basically on your feet for 12 hours straight and you have so many responsibilities and it's just very, very overwhelming when you first start out. Mm -hmm. And then just not having that practice in the hospital kind of further made that transition difficult. I am someone that struggles a lot with anxiety, like even prior to pregnancy. It was kind of heightened <laughs> during pregnancy just because 
of that weight that I felt, you know, of I'm responsible for this human being that's growing inside me being very particular about everything that I ate and just being like nervous. I remember you mentioning in your story that you like stopped running. Mm -hmm. I was kind of similar to where like I had been weightlifting for pretty consistently for a few years before getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And like, once I found out I was pregnant, I was like terrified to weightlift or anything, Yeah, um, which I know now is like perfectly safe as long as like straining yourself too much. But when I first I found out, like, I, was... I feel like doctors will be like, yeah, continue what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be fine. You'll never get over it. The fact in your head that any thing you do like affects this growing baby. And it's such a, not a burden, but it's stressful. Yes. Yeah. So many people told me that it was totally fine to keep Mm -hmm. working out. And my OB told me the same thing. Like, well, what if I fall or something, you know, like what Mm -hmm. if I am doing something and I trip? I don't wanting to limit those risks as much as possible, I guess. But I did end up like starting to weightlift a little bit once I kind of felt more comfortable, but like very light, like nothing compared to what I was doing prior. Mm just the fact that our pregnancy wasn't planned to started out my pregnancy with a lot of anxiety, I guess, because I started thinking about the fact that I haven't prepared my body for this at all. I expected that once we like decided to start trying that I would like take a prenatal a couple months Mm -hmm. before. And, you know, I would just like really watch what I ate and just be like super careful, like backtracking in my head. Like, what have I been doing for the last month? What have I been eating? Before you know, you're pregnant, there's like alcohol. You probably yeah. drank while you were pregnant. I mean, I was on my anniversary trip before I knew I was pregnant. Oh my God. There was drinking involved. Okay. People find out usually five, six weeks at the earliest, right? So there's right this whole, more than a month of not knowing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so and that's like a terrifying concept. <laughs> yeah. I also didn't feel very supported by our management, which I think is pretty common in nursing mm-hmm. in general. I felt like I really had to advocate for myself as not only a nurse, but a pregnant nurse, um, because they would often like give me patients that I just did not feel comfortable having as someone who was pregnant. Especially Um, during the pandemic, like. Right, exactly. Yeah. And at the level of anxiety that I had, I like at the beginning of my shift, when I would get assigned my patients, I would go through their charts, like just so meticulously going through every little note that any doctor had written, going through every inch of history that I could find, make sure that there was like nothing that could possibly be harmful to me as someone who was pregnant Mm -hmm. or that could, you know, possibly be a risk for my baby. And that was just like a huge weight, I guess, just feeling the need to pick apart their charts and just like make sure that this was a safe patient for me. Again, part of the reason I felt the need to do that was because I didn't feel supported by management and I didn't feel like they were really looking out for me. And like when they would give me my patient assignments, the charge nurses and everything, sometimes I would look at these and just be like, what were they thinking that they would give someone who's pregnant this patient? And so that made me feel like I had to do it myself. You know, I had to go through all these patients and make sure they were safe for me because like no one else was going to do it for me. So was there Um, ever a time where like there was a patient and you're just like, I can't see this person. I need to like switch it to a different nurse or like, and how did you navigate that? Yes, that actually happened many times. And that was like super anxiety inducing because I have no seniority whatsoever. There's very much an environment in nursing where when you're brand new, they're like kind of looked down upon and everyone's like, oh, it's the the new grunt work, right? Right. So just kind of having that 
working against me and then having to like go to the charge nurse and be like, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this patient or, Hey, can Mm -hmm. we like switch this around? The other nurses sometimes get annoyed with you because that now like they have to deal with that patient example of one of the times that something like that happened. So there's a thing on a patient's chart where you can flag them for potential for violence Mm -hmm. and basically meaning they've shown some kind of violent behavior in the past. I would sometimes be assigned patients like that. And I would go to the charge nurse and be like, do you know why this patient was flagged for potential for violence? Mm -hmm. I will say in their defense, I had heard that a lot of times people would flag patients for that for like dumb reasons. Like Mm -hmm. they yelled, they yelled at a nurse one time because they were super frustrated or, you know, so it wasn't Mm -hmm. always like legit. They're going to be violent. But you just don't know that because then there were other patients that legitimately kicked nurses and punched nurses and things like that. Without knowing the exact situation, you don't really know the level. So anytime that I got a patient that had that flag on them, I would just go to the charge nurse. What do you know about this patient? Do you know if it's a legitimate potential for violence? There was just this sense that every time I went to them, it just very much felt like they thought I was overreacting or thought I was being ridiculous. Maybe I was at times being overly paranoid. That's what I had to do to make myself comfortable and to just reassure myself that the patient was safe. And I'm responsible for this human being growing inside mm-hmm. me. And if I don't say something and then this this patient does do something aggressive towards me, I'm going to feel guilty that I didn't speak up and say, hey, why do I have this patient? I would get a morbidly obese patient that like couldn't do anything for themselves, like Mm -hmm. couldn't move themselves or anything. So I'm like seven months pregnant and I'm supposed to move this patient. Yeah. Like the charge nurses or the management aren't really thinking these assignments through. Right. And kind of putting me in like a very difficult position. That was kind of just challenging to navigate, especially being a brand new nurse, trying to get used to this new career and learning all these skills and then just feeling the need to protect myself and advocate for myself. My One of my managers had a little meeting with me and she asked like how long I was planning to work. Mm-hmm. And I told her mid-October, which was about three weeks from my due date. Her immediate reaction was to tell me about how she worked up until her due date and she worked until she went into labor. And That's great. I don't care. This is not your pregnancy. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Exactly. And apparently she worked on like an orthopedic floor, which basically means that you're having to move patients a lot because they have muscle injuries or bone injuries. It just basically felt like she was just taking an opportunity to brag about how she was so much better. And she just worked. (laughs) She just worked on the hardest floor up until she gave birth. And I just want, I wanted to be like exactly what you said and just be like, that's fantastic for you. But I didn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's kind of a common thing among women where they feel the need to tear themselves and their situation. Exactly. And not that I had any pregnancy complications or anything, thankfully, but she didn't know my pregnancy journey or anything. So to say something like that without knowing my situation, I just felt like it was kind of insensitive too. Mm Because what if I had like a legitimate, you know, medical issue during pregnancy that like maybe I, I mean, obviously she would have known that because I would have had to have a doctor's note and all that stuff, but Still. But still, yeah, <laughs> it just kind of felt like you don't know like what my struggle has been during this pregnancy. Like this has been extremely stressful for me. Yeah, um, even and just the I anxiety just... aspect of it. I feel if, I mean, mm-hmm. if you have the time off, if I mean FMLA protects you and your job, so if you have that option, 
why not utilize it? What's the point of pushing your body further than you have to is kind of the way I see it. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. And that's how I felt. My husband was working full time. So financially we were able to do it, which again, I'm very, very grateful for. This work environment was not good for me, like pregnancy wise, mm -hmm. especially because, and I know we had kind of talked about this with your, with your journey because anxiety and stress is not good for pregnancy yeah. either. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of what you said about almost feeling guilty that I felt anxious and stressed mm -hmm. also because I knew that that wasn't good for the baby. One of my coworkers one time when I was like super stressed, she was like, don't get worked up. Don't get worked up. You have to think of the baby. And I'm just like, I know I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be worked up. I'm frustrated and I'm running around like a crazy person. And and that's why, yeah, I, I don't want to do this up until I give birth. Like, no, thank yeah. you. Just kind of a little side note too. I was also working nights, so that probably didn't help okay. either. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine just the odd hours and trying mm -hmm. to get your sleep schedule right and getting enough rest and wow. I like tend to be more of a night person. You know, I stay up super late. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that part wasn't like too crazy, but it definitely, it, there were times where it took its toll. Last little part I want to say before we get into like, labor and delivery there's a policy normally with nurses where you only have to get pulled to a different unit. That's not the one that you normally work on. And usually it's only, I would say maybe once or twice a month at the most, okay. is like the norm. It's not very often. Well, yeah, this was during the time I was probably like seven, eight months pregnant. And basically our census on our unit was low. So we weren't filling up our unit. And there were a lot of other units on the hospital that were overflowing, that they mm -hmm. really needed extra help. We started getting pulled to different units every other shift. For like a seasoned, experienced nurse, that probably isn't a huge deal. But for me, being a brand new nurse, I'm just barely starting to get used to my own unit and understanding the types of patients that I'm working with and knowing where everything is. And now I'm getting pulled to these units that I'm completely unfamiliar with. I don't know my coworkers. I don't know the management. I don't know where anything is. Mm -hmm. And these patients that I'm taking care of are like way more critical than what I'm used to on my unit. So that was happening like every other shift. And yeah, at this point I was like eight months pregnant every single night going into my shift, just being like terrified that I was going to get pulled to another unit. Oh. I had also heard all these horror stories when you get pulled to other units, like the other nurses are mean to you because they're like oh. frustrated that you need so much help and that you mm -hmm. don't know where anything is. Luckily, I will say I had a pretty good experience with that. The nurses that I worked with were really nice and the management was very understanding. For one of the first times I got pulled, I pretty much went up to the charge nurse right away. I'm a brand new nurse. I don't have a lot of experience. I'm eight months pregnant and I'm just going to do the best. That she was amazing. She, I, I actually really loved the charge nurse that I worked with on, I won't say like the specific unit, but so I had a good experience as far as that went, but that just kind of, again, added to the stress. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was like the biggest challenge, I think, just kind of navigating this brand new career while being pregnant for the first mm -hmm. time. But I think that's really the gist of my pregnancy. I, you know, I feel very lucky and grateful that I didn't really have any like major complications. The biggest thing was just trying to manage stress. Yeah. And I think a lot of women and especially first time 
if you're pregnant for the first time, like there's so many rules to look up and like what you can mm-hmm. and can't eat. And right. it's just, I feel like it's a lot to manage and there's a lot to be anxious and stressed about and nervous about. You just want everything to be okay. And you're trying to do everything in your power to make sure you and the baby are healthy. And it's just a lot of weight on the moms as opposed to your partner who like kind of just gets to not do anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no so, kidding. Yeah. I, I would pretty much look at every ingredient on every label of everything I ate. And if mm-hmm. there was like, anything that I was unfamiliar with, I would be looking it up. Is this okay yep. during pregnancy? I did get a lot of like heckling from my family about that because I think they kind of felt like I was being, you know, overly paranoid. I just kind of had to do what I was comfortable with. Instead that they probably wanted me to feel like I didn't need to be that, you know, paranoid and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I knew that like if I wasn't that I was going to feel guilty about it. So yeah. For sure. I had to just do it anyway, you know? Yeah. I guess we'll kind of move into my labor and delivery. I actually went into labor about five days before I was due. And I was very surprised about that. I remember you saying the same thing that you expected to go (laughs) past your due date. Yeah. Everyone in my family who had been pregnant at some point went past their due date for their first baby. And my mom actually went past her due date for all three of us and had to be induced and everything for all three of us. So Mm -hmm. I, I just expected that to happen for me. I was like, I'm going to have to be induced. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be like so antsy because she's going to come super late. But actually at my last, on my, my last checkup before I went into labor, the doctor did mention that she might have to induce me because my fluid was starting to get a little low for comfort. Yeah, my amniotic fluid at my next appointment, if it was any lower, she was going to induce me. So and as far as positioning went and everything, like, was she in the correct position? And you were like, were you dilated at all or anything at those last few appointments? I wasn't dilated at all. She was in the correct position. Yeah, she was head okay. down and everything. I ended up going into labor naturally before that, before my next appointment. Mm-hmm. So very surprised Did not yeah. expect that to happen. <laughs> Basically, I labored for about like almost two days at home. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> no, thank yeah, you. It was, <laughs> it was definitely a long journey, but the first day was like pretty mild, very early stages. It was a Saturday night when everything kind of first went down kind of the first thing that happened was my husband and I were sitting on the couch watching a show and baby girl was going crazy like just moving around more than I'd ever felt before just non-stop for like an hour straight oh my god and yeah it was it was really weird it was kind of freaking me out and some of her movements were kind of like painful for me too um like she was kind of kicking me down there, if you know what I mm-hmm. mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what is going on? Like, why is she so hyper? Someone with like, crazy anxiety. I'm going on the internet and yeah. I'm like, is yeah. it possible for a baby to move too much? And, and one of the things I read said that it could potentially mean that they're in distress. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm like starting to freak out and maybe we need to go in. I don't know. And my husband it was really sweet. He just starts throwing stuff in a suitcase because we like didn't have our bags <laughs> packed yet or anything. And he just like starts putting stuff in the suitcase. He's like, all right, let's go. And I was like, okay, well, let's like at least call, you know, the on-call doctor first mm-hmm. before we like start panicking and stuff. Um, so we called the on-call doctor and they basically told me that there wasn't really any such thing as like too much movement, which I thought was kind of weird based off of what I read, but 
yeah you know, the internet lies like, sometimes okay <laughs> Yeah. She was basically like, oh, if you ate anything that had caffeine in it, she might just be hyper or whatever. We were like, okay, well, we'll just keep an eye on things. And then everything ended up being fine. It wasn't until the next morning. So this is now Sunday morning. I started, like when I woke up, I started having just very mild period like cramps. Mm -hmm. And again, totally manageable, nothing crazy. I had like talked to my mom on the phone and she was like, you know, that's like early signs of labor, right? So we were kind of starting to get excited, but I also knew that it was still probably going to be a while, you know, heard all these stories of like, when you're having your first baby, it takes a really long time yeah. to move yeah. along. I ended up like doing a workout later that day, just like some light movement to kind of was just hoping to get things moving along. Mm -hmm. And then that next night, so this is Sunday night now. Uh, the cramps got a lot worse and uh, pretty much kept me up all night. Like I did not sleep the next night at all. So we ended up calling the on-call doctor again the next morning just to kind of like tell them what was going on and if we should, like when we should come in. And, you know, it's our first time doing this. This was a different on-call doctor, but he was basically like, no, it's still probably going to be a while. If you, you know, go to the hospital, they're probably going to just send you home. So he was like, I would just recommend laboring at home for a while. What were they um, wanting you to wait for? Like for them to be closer together or stronger or? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, I, I honestly don't remember exactly how far apart they were at that point. Mm -hmm. But I think they were they were still pretty far apart and they weren't like unmanageable or anything. I kind of figured that it would probably be a while longer. So I was okay with waiting at home because I also like really didn't want to go and then get turned away. Yeah. You know, to make the trip over there, get all excited. And then they're just like, no, Turn go back home. Go home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I kind of wanted to make sure that it was time. A whole day, I just kind of kept keeping track of how far apart my contractions were. I ate some food. I know once I get to the hospital... I'm not going to be able to eat. So I was like, I want to get some I food in I didn't know me. that. I really? didn't know that was a thing. So I got oh, there no. and I was just starving. But anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> See, that's awful. Especially because you're about to do some hard work and then yeah. you have like nothing in your body. Right. <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I was like determined to eat something because I was like, yeah. I... I can't deal, like, I'll be hangry and I'll just be exhausted if I'm not eating anything. I think I got Chick-fil-A, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> right. I think I got my days confused, though, because it actually should have been Monday by now. When she was moving like crazy and everything, that was Saturday night. And then mm -hmm. um, it was Sunday night that I didn't sleep at all and the cramps started getting worse. And then, okay, so now it's Monday. The Monday was the day that I called the on-call doctor and they were like, it's probably going to be a while. Just like a fun little side note, this was also Halloween. And uh, basically at one point during the day, I kind of started to regress a little bit. Like all of a sudden my contractions started getting further apart. Mm -hmm. And that kind of freaked me out because I was like, no, like this is not what we want. Like we want yeah. to move forward. We decided to go for a walk because again, I kind of wanted to speed things up. And we thought it would be fun to like see all the trick-or-treaters in our neighborhood. And, and you know, it's kind of cute. We like kind of fantasized about taking our daughter one day and just mm -hmm. kind of talked about that and just like stopping every few minutes for contractions. And I was timing that. That must have done the trick because almost immediately when we got back from our walk, my contractions really picked up. I actually called my aunt because she was a labor and delivery nurse for like 30 years. So I think I had called my parents first to just kind of update them and stuff. But and then I called her just to kind of get her opinion on like when I should go to the hospital. 
And she was like, like, I would wait until they're like four to five minutes apart and lasting like a minute long. Almost immediately after I got off the phone with her, I'm continuing to track them. And sure enough, they're like four and a half, five minutes apart. And they were lasting like 50, not quite a minute, but like 50 seconds. And they were starting to get bad. So I told my husband, oh, and this is another good piece of advice from my labor and delivery nurse aunt. She suggested that I drink something with sugar in it as a, oh. a source of energy. Again, she was saying like, once you get there, they're not going to let you eat or drink anything. Yeah. So I sent the husband to go get me a Sprite. <laughs> and <laughs> I also wanted French fries. So he got me a Sprite and French fries. There you and go. Then, <laughs> yeah. And then he um, ordered himself food from DoorDash. I basically was like, I think it's time. Like they're four and a half, five minutes apart now. They're getting really intense. I, I think we need to go to the hospital. And in true husband fashion, he's like, well, can I eat my food first? Yeah. Classic. And I'm like, right. yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Go like, ahead. It's... <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> really, please. This this is about you, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like, well, I just don't want to get to the hospital and then like things pick up and I can't <laughs> eat. And I'm like, yeah, poor you. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but no, anyways, it, it was fine. It was still manageable and stuff. So I was like, yeah, sure. Eat your food. I don't think we were completely packed yet. That sounds like something we would do. Cause we're very, <laughs> we're very last minute people. I think, I think I was like mostly packed, but I still had like a few things to throw in or whatever. And like you said, in your video, the guys just throw a couple things in their bag. So yeah. Right. No big deal. But um, <laughs> so we finished packing our bags and stuff. And then we headed to the hospital, basically went to the OB triage. And then the nurse practitioner came in and checked me. And I was actually six centimeters dilated and 100% effaced. Okay, wow. So you're like, there. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it. I guess it's happening. I was very relieved because, again, because of all the stories that you hear about how long it takes for your first time mm -hmm. and everything. I'm sitting here thinking like, they're going to tell me that I'm only like two or three centimeters. And because I had already been laboring at home for like two days and the pain was starting to get pretty intense. I just remember feeling like I'm going to be devastated if I'm only at two or three, because this is starting to get bad. And I don't know yeah. how I'm going to like make it to 10 if I'm only at two or three at this point, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I was like, Oh God. So I was very relieved when they said that. Cause I was like, okay, like I can do this. And I hadn't, I actually hadn't decided yet if I wanted an epidural either. I was kind of like hoping to not need one, like okay. ideal situation, but I wasn't going to be like devastated if I decided to get one. Also kind of like rubbed it in my husband's face a little bit. When we decided to go to the hospital, he was still like pretty skeptical. Like he was like, I don't know, like the doctor told you it was still going to be a while. Like okay. we don't want to go and like get sent home. Mm -hmm. So when, when they told me that I was six centimeters and a hundred percent, I was like, I told you, I told you it was time to go. <laughs> he was like playing online chess because they had him go wait in the waiting room while they checked me because they just like weren't sure if I was going to be admitted or not and mm -hmm. so they basically after they checked me they went out and got him and they were like yep you guys are being admitted and he was like wait what what the wait heck? a minute <laughs> yeah he's like wait and I was like see I told you we were admitted to a room and they had to manually break my water because it didn't break on its own mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't remember if they told you this or not. They told me that the contractions would get a lot worse once they broke my water. Oh, they did um, not tell me that. 
But really? I had already had my epidural oh. at that point. So. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Told me the contractions would pick up quite a bit. And I didn't really think about this until later. I think I looked it up later, but it's because the, the bag of water is like a barrier. Okay. So once it's broken, you like feel the contractions more intensely. And they were not wrong. The contractions got like <laughs> insane after that. And they started being closer together. And so at this point, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Because once they like when they first told me I was six centimeters already, I was thinking like, oh, I like if I'm already at six, I feel like I can probably do this. Like I can probably make it without one. But I didn't know like how long it was going to take me from that point to get to 10. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, once they broke my water, it got really, really bad and basically asked the nurse like how long it would take to do that epidural. Like what you had said, I didn't want it to like be too late, you know? Mm -hmm. She basically just explained that it just depends on how many patients the anesthesiologist already has lined up for one. We got to call okay. them and let them know. My husband and I talked about it and I was like, yeah, let's do it because I this is going to get way worse. And and then they checked me again after I got the epidural and I was nine and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So at first I was kind of bummed because I was like, oh man, if I had known that I was going to be nine and a half already, like yeah. maybe I wouldn't have gotten one, you know, cause maybe I could have made it through, but little did I know it took hours for me to get from nine and a half to 10. Oh really? That last half an inch or half centimeter. Yeah. Which is crazy i think from the time that they checked me and i was nine and a half to the time that she was actually born i want to say it was like maybe three hours okay wow so then i was like happy that i got that epidural yeah i was like <laughs> i was like there's absolutely no way that i could have done that for three more hours um, how were you like exhaust like energy wise were you i mean you'd been laboring for close to three days at this point were you tired or did that last meal help you or <laughs> So they had, once they checked me and I was nine and a half, they were like, okay, I, we're going to come back in like 15 minutes and start practicing pushing. This was the only complaint that I had about my nurses because they were fantastic otherwise. They didn't come back for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, and I was starting to get very tired at this point. I, um, I hadn't slept the night before because of the contractions. And then at this point, I, I want to say it was like, it might have been like 2 or 3 a.m. at this point. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, because I forgot to mention that when we got to the hospital, it was like 9 p.m. Yeah, I was starting to lose stamina, and I like felt like falling asleep because, you know, I had had the epidural, so yeah. I was like very relaxed, you know, and I was like, I'm like, they need to get me pushing because I'm getting tired. We called the nurses, and I still don't know what happened, like why they took so long to come back. They never, mm -hmm. I don't know if they just forgot that they told me <laughs> that or something, because <laughs> they never like explained, like that I expected when they came back for them to be like, oh, sorry, this happened. Yeah. We weren't able to get back to you, but no, nothing, but it's <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> they were, like I said, they were like fantastic other than that. So they finally came back in, and that's when we started started pushing so her head was down she was in the proper position but and I still don't fully understand what the doctor meant and I obviously couldn't see it myself but apparently her face was like facing a weird way and oh, she's like sunny side up maybe I I okay. don't really I don't fully know she she acted like it was like some weird thing but basically she had to and hopefully this isn't like too graphic or anything but <laughs> basically go inside me and yeah. 
I'm tried so to move her. My husband was watching the whole thing, which little side note, I'm very, very proud of him because he like <laughs> tends <laughs> he tends to be like squeamish person. He like doesn't like blood and he like hates getting his blood drawn and needles and stuff. So I did not expect him like to watch. I thought he would be like at my head the whole time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept telling him, I was like, you can come up here. Like you don't have to, like, it's okay. I won't be offended. And he was yeah. like, no, no, no. He was... <laughs> It was really cute. He was like, no, you're, you're pushing yourself and you're, you're like being strong right now. So I have to be strong too. (laughs) And (laughs) so he watched the whole thing. And, um, he basically, he was like, it was a good thing you had an epidural because what she was doing looked very painful. How much she was stretching me and trying to move around and stuff. So he was like, yeah, that looked real painful. Anyway, she and she kind of had me freaked out at one point because as she was trying to maneuver her face and everything, um, she basically was just like, yeah, we're going to have to like make a decision pretty quick here. Like I interpreted that as we might have to have a C-section if, Mm -hmm. you know, this doesn't solve itself soon. Um, And I had already been pushing for quite a while at this point. So I was like pretty bummed to hear that. Like I was like, yeah, no, like I've already done all this work now I'm gonna have to go get cut open like please no basically ended up pushing for about an hour and 15 minutes I think it was oh my gosh (laughs) sounds exhausting it was but they had my husband holding my leg and then also like tilting my head down at the same time Mm -hmm. to kind of like try to keep me in the right position and they were like my nurses were just really good at coaching me through it and everything so it kind of like kept me focused don't get me wrong it was definitely exhausting but I think just the adrenaline of like I want to get this baby out not wanting to have to get a (laughs) c-section just wanting to avoid the risks of surgery I'd already been pushing for a long time so I was like no like we can do this so pushed for about an hour 15 minutes and then you know they did the whole thing once she was starting to come out where they like grab everything and like get their gowns on and like get the scissors and I was like oh my gosh this is like the movies it's happening <laughs> um <laughs> and she was born at 5 44 in the morning so had been like doing that at the hospital all night and, and this is on Tuesday yeah so you went from Saturday afternoon ish to Tuesday morning well, technically, so so that's I kind of messed up the day. So Saturday night was when she was like moving like crazy, mm-hmm. and then it was like the next morning that she that I started having like the period cramps. So it's technically from like Sunday morning to Tuesday morning. Yeah. That's still a very long time. I feel. <laughs> so kudos to you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It was a journey for sure, but I. I was very happy with my labor and delivery experience. Like my nurses were really good, very supportive. My husband did a great job. He's a very, very good support person other than wanting to eat before we went to the hospital. <laughs> I mean, overall, it was a really good experience. Um, was glad that I got the epidural. I think my husband will be bummed if I don't share this one little quick, quick story. <laughs> When my contractions started really picking up before I got the epidural, just like being so supportive, all hyped up, like trying to help me get through it and stuff. And he started um, doing push-ups in the hospital room. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like so embarrassed because there was like nurses walking by the room and stuff. And I was like, what? Can you just stop? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) And And again, it was this whole thing of like, you're pushing yourself. You're doing hard work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I have to push myself too. Like you're inspiring me and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, that's cute. But like, you're embarrassing me. (laughs) And, um, 
<laughs> kind of like lightened the mood. Like it gave me a good laugh, if anything. It like, helped get my mind off the contractions for a minute. Yeah. But I I had to share that because he he would be bummed if I didn't. He loves that story. So, <laughs> so <laughs> very grateful for my doctor and the nurses. And I'm very glad that she was able to get my daughter in the right position so that I didn't have to have a c-section and obviously love my daughter to death <laughs> definitely had tears when she came out and it was very surreal I don't know if you experienced this at all but I it took me a while to like connect that this was the baby that was mm -hmm. in my stomach <laughs> I still haven't connected it I'm like right that's, that's the thing that was kicking me what do you mean no it's, it's so weird right yeah like you would think that we would know the baby inside us for nine yeah. months yeah, well, first I want to say thank you for sharing your story and being vulnerable, kind of walking us through your journeys. Absolutely. Be sure to follow us on our social medias. Instagram is Raising Tomorrow Pod. Um, we kind of share some motivational infographics and reels and that sort of thing in all things moms. If you want to catch up with us on there, we look forward to our next episode with you guys. Our YouTube is just Raising Tomorrow. And uh, we also have TikTok. It's Raising Tom Pod. So I need to change our username to Raising Tomorrow, but it wouldn't let me change our username more than once. So it's <laughs> Raising. So it sounds it, it sounds like it's like Raising Tom, but it's just <laughs> it's short for Raising Tomorrow, but it's Raising Tom Pod. That's our TikTok. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.